Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Check. Sports Check. Sports Check. Welcome to episode 298 of the Sports Yak Podcast. You mean the Quinn Snyder episode? Quinn Snyder. He is the coach of the Utah Jazz, the team with the best record in the NBA's Western Conference. In fact, the best record in the NBA as we hit the All-Star break. And he has won 298 games in his NBA coaching career. Former player at Duke has the fine quaff. He is Quinn with one N, Snyder. I think I saw him on the All-Star game. It could be anybody with that mask on. It doesn't matter. They could have anybody stand there, you know? The the All-Star game coach is purely an honorary position because you're not doing anything except maybe helping regulate playing time. There, There isn't a moment where he's like, come on, guys, defense. N- not in that game. No. <laughs> no. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived, Chuck Freebie. Forever! All right, big weekend for high school basketball. There are 64 sectional champions now crowned around the state of Indiana, and some of them up here in our area might be a little bit surprising to people. In 4A, South Bend Riley was embarrassed by South Bend Adams during the regular season on TV 46. Lost by more than 20 at Hadaway Shack. 
But here, just two weeks later, they turn around and they knock Adams out of the tournament, handing them just their second loss of the season, winning 47-43 Saturday night in Michigan City. So the Riley Wildcats with the Notre Dame commit Blake Wesley move on to the regional where they will play Valparaiso Saturday on TV 46. You can watch the game on the IHSAA paywall or you can watch it at 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon on the Big 4-6. What time is the actual game? Uh, that would be 11 o'clock Eastern. Okay. So about a three-hour delay to see it on 46. Okay. So Riley moves on. Valparaiso made it through the minefield that they had over their sectional. They had to beat Chesterton, very good team. Crown Point, very good team. Portage, not as good a team, but Portage gave them a whale of a game Saturday night, but Valpo comes through that. So Riley and Valpo, if you look at the John Harrell website, which is one of the top high school websites in Indiana, John makes picks on games, and I think he's got Riley by one or two. It should be a very competitive game. Valparaiso has some size. They have the uh, Jones brothers, who were terrific football players, also pretty good basketball players. Riley, of course, with Wesley, with Philip Robles, with Jackson Copley, and with Nate Mocked, a, a senior who really stepped up and hit some key shots down the stretch for Riley in that game against Adams. The other semifinal in the Michigan City Regional will have Elkhart, which emerges from the Elkhart sectional. Unified for the first time in 50 years, a unified Elkhart High School wins a sectional championship, beating Penn on Saturday night uh, pretty handily, 49-35. And so Kyle Sears' team will play Gary West. Gary West probably the favorite in this sectional. They come in ranked number nine, I believe, in the final 4A poll. Uh, the Cougars winning their sectional and um, very quick, very athletic team. It'll be a challenge for Elkhart, but one that they have all week to prepare for, so we'll see what Kyle Sears comes up with. What's going on in our own backyard here? Is there? A, did you say there was a game in South Bend, too? There will be two games in South Bend. We had two sectional champions from the area that will go into the Class 3A regional. New Prairie wins its first sectional since 2003. Mike Bauer, former St. Joe head coach, went over there a couple of years ago, has built this program up. Got terrific performances over the week from Ryland McBride and Braden Flagg and and the rest of the Cougar squad. So they beat Hanover Central Saturday night. They are tasked with playing number one Hammond in the semifinal at South Bend, Washington. That'll be the second game there on Saturday. The first game has St. Joe winning its first sectional since 2015. Mark Johnson, the head coach there, has announced that he'll retire at the end of the year. They beat Marion on Friday night, avenging the regular season loss. They held off a 20-win John Glenn team on Saturday. And so now St. Joe will play Twin Lakes, a team that they played during the regular season in a holiday tournament. Twin Lakes is coached by Kent Adams. A lot of people might be familiar with him. He was the head coach at Mishawaka for a little bit of time. He's had a very successful run down at Twin Lakes. And so it's St. Joe and Twin Lakes in the first game on Saturday. That's at 10 a.m., over at South Bend, Washington. Haven't heard what ticket policies are going to be yet for folks. I imagine they'll be similar to what we saw last week, which means that the schools will have a limited amount that they can sell, and then that's it. Probably won't be a bunch of tickets at the gate in South Bend. Now, Michigan City, that's a different story. They were letting 
3,000 people in per game didn't ever come close to that amount. So I would imagine just about anybody who wants to can go to those regional games in Michigan City. Also, congratulations to Northwood. Aaron Wolf's team avenges an, a regular season loss to West Noble, wins the West Noble sectional. They'll now move on to face Newcastle down in Newcastle on Saturday. Newcastle, a team that had one of its best players injured for most of the year, he is back. They win the sectional, cut down the nets at their own place on Saturday night. They're only 9-14. and 14. Northwood a favor in that game. They would wind up uh, possibly being matched up with Leo, who would be the regional favorite down there at Newcastle in the championship game. And then in 2A, Rochester, the only 2A team that we still have alive, the Zebras, won their sectional over the weekend, having a terrific year. They've only lost one game all season. And in 1A, congratulations to the Triton Trojans. They move on to the regional. Triton, though, in the same regional with Couts. They're on other sides of the bracket. Triton will play Caston on Saturday morning. Couts is playing Fremont. The two winners meet at night. I travel through Couts when I go visit my daughter. Yeah. So these two teams that are playing, for example, in Michigan City, uh, your two winners from the weekend, where will they be the following week or weekend? More than likely, they would be sent to the Elkhart semi-state. The IHSA waits until the regionals are done, sees where the teams are from, and tries to send them to the closest site available. Okay. And obviously, if if it's Riley or Elkhart, I imagine they'll be playing a Northside gym. Okay. Are we on to college basketball? I think we can move on there because Notre Dame shocked the world on Saturday. They ended that amazing 28-game losing streak against ranked teams, buried some three-pointers, and beat Florida State at Purcell Pavilion. So Mike Bray's team takes a tiny slice of momentum into the ACC tournament this week although they'll really be up against it. They're going to have to win four straight games in four days in order to win the ACC tournament, and I think that's highly unlikely. But they could win their opener. They play Wake Forest on, I believe it's Wednesday night, in the ACC tournament. I watched, uh, actually I listened to Jack Nolan call what could have been his last Well, it definitely was game. his last at Purcell Pavilion. Yeah. yeah, I listened to that a little bit, gave a tip of the hat. And I I believe they did in the arena as well. Sadly, there weren't a lot of people allowed into the arena. So, unfortunately, uh, the recognition that he would have got, which would have been uh, a nice crowd had it been a normal time, was primarily the team and support personnel. But I'm sure he appreciated the acknowledgement. So, Mike Bray's squad taking on Wake Forest. The other big game on Saturday was IU and Purdue. And I can't think of two programs going in more opposite directions than the Boilermakers and the Hoosiers right now. And, of course, the Boilermakers won because, well, for the first time that I can recall, an entire class at Purdue, the senior class at Purdue, will graduate never having lost to Indiana. They have won nine straight now over the Hoosiers. Matt Painter's team got another great effort from their two fresh, two of their freshmen, Zach Eady, big game. I think he had 21 points. Jaden Ivey had 18. And the Boilermakers roll to the win over IU. 
So Purdue now has what's called the double bye for the Big Ten tournament. They do not have to play until Friday. And they would probably be matched up with Ohio State in a quarterfinal, which would be a huge game between two teams that could do some damage in the NCAA tournament. Meanwhile, Indiana is the 10th seed, and they are matched up with the 7th seed Rutgers, a team that has beaten Indiana not once but twice already this season. And if Indiana can win that game, they get the delight of playing Illinois, which is red hot right now, having beaten Michigan and Ohio State on the road last week. So Brad Underwood's team right now playing as well as anybody in the Big Ten. Uh, And Archie Miller would have to win both those games just to get to the 500 mark for the year. It's not looking good for the Hoosiers right now, and that's an understatement. And, of course, everybody wonders about what Archie's future is, and I used the word murky on Saturday. I think that might best describe it. Today is National Proofread Day. How do you spell murky? M-U-R-K-Y. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Michigan and Michigan State yesterday. I don't know if you get to watch any of this game. I I got to see the first half, and it was clear that Tom Izzo's team just had a different vibe about it, whether it was the fact that they got embarrassed Thursday night in Ann Arbor, whether it was the fact that they were playing at home. Senior day could have been all those factors all rolled up. But Michigan State made some adjustments, and to be fair, the game was meaningless for Michigan, other than the fact that you're playing your arch rival. They were already the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament. I don't think they were going to do anything to hurt their status as a number one seed for the NCAA tournament, although they did lose two games last week. But Michigan State winds up winning by a count of 70-64, to so Tom Izzo's team gets a nice boost to its resume before going into the Big Ten tournament. And quite frankly, I think they've probably punched their ticket now to the NCAA tournament. They were, depending on what bracketologist you follow, they were one of the final four teams getting into the tournament going into the weekend. Mm -hmm. But now you've beaten the number two team in the country, that's another huge feather in the cap. Okay. And I think I think Michigan State will come out of this probably somewhere around a 10 or 11 seed. Obviously, the games this week can hurt or hinder their resume. But now it's championship week. You, you turn on the TV just about any night this week, there's going to be college basketball on, and it's going to be about teams trying to get into the NCAA tournament. So yesterday, the Missouri Valley Conference played its championship game. A couple of smaller schools like Loyola of Chicago and Drake. Of course, we all know about Loyola of Chicago because of that magical Final Four run they made a couple of years ago. The Nun, Sister Jean, inspiring the team and things like that. They've got got a really good team. Porter Moser is a terrific coach up there. And Loyola of Chicago, even though they only play in the Missouri Valley Conference, certainly looks like the kind of team that could get to the Sweet 16 and maybe make another one of these runs in the NCAA tournament. The team they beat is Drake. Drake is 25-4. and They have a player from Michigan City on Drake named Shanquan Hemphill. A lot of people call him Tank. Um, Was a terrific high school player in Michigan City. Goes to Drake. Now, he's been hurt the last nine games, and you can see kind of a difference in Drake. The question for Drake is, who did you play in your non-conference? Nope, nobody that great. How highly ranked is the Missouri Valley Conference? 
not as high as some of the other conferences. I do think a case can be made for Drake making the NCAA tournament, but traditionally the NCAA tournament has left teams like Drake by the wayside. We'll see what happens this weekend. The selection show is Sunday. I saw a great photo over the weekend. I'm guessing you might have seen it too. Uh, Coach Mike Lightfoot and his son and uh, Bryce Drew and his dad mm-hmm. winning their championship game. They had a little photo together. I was like, that's nice. Yeah, Grand The old Canyon, tree of coaching. Grand Canyon University where Bryce Drew coaches wins the Western Athletic Conference regular season championship. And now we'll see if the Antelopes can make the NCAA tournament. And, of course, Mike's son Ryan is an assistant now mm-hmm. on the staff there at Grand Canyon. Did uh, you or your son watch the NBA All-Star game last night? The entire family tuned in at about 6.20, and I tapped out um, right before uh, tip-off, and that's all I could handle. How long was it before tip-off? It was supposed to be 8 o'clock, but it felt like about 8.23, 8.24-ish. Chuck, here's the thing about broadcasting, and you know, I'm the one on the show that doesn't know much about sports, but broadcasting... But you do know about broadcasting. They do way too much stuff behind the scenes that you just don't need to do in an empty arena. All that was there was family and close you know, proximity, like wives and kids. But as the four TNT guys were talking, there was some annoying announcer or some lady, and they were making that meow, 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 and just loud. And they would talk to some players, and you could tell the players were distracted, like, what is going on in here? And the and the fake crowd noise during like the skills and the uh, the three point shot stuff. It's like you don't need that. We all get what's happening, unless the players are like, "I need my crowd noise. It's part of my deal." Well, I think the crowd noise probably does make them maybe feel a little bit more at home. Yeah, but it was it was not good. Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, was very clear: this is a made for TV event basically, with this All-Star game, which they already ran into COVID problems. The two 76ers players, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, had to sit out because they have uh, the COVID. And so there was question as to would they be replaced, and they were not. And so no fans allowed other than the families of the players. A lot of this stuff was, was done for TV. There's no question about that. But don't kid yourself. There's some egos there oh. with these players. Yeah, but well in attendance. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and they wanted to uh, to placate the egos, apparently. At, at typically, a typical all-star game, there was no defense played whatsoever. The shot-making by people like Lillard and Curry was pretty incredible. Though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even that three-point, uh, when Steph Curry gets going, Oh, yeah. You know, and, and I have to remind my 14-year-old. Now, remember, this is the kid that walks into the arena and takes 300 shots and makes them before he leaves. Right. Not just makes them and that's it. He makes them, then leaves. So he's been practicing since he was young. Yes. You know, all that stuff is secondhand to him. Yeah, nobody's just walking in and yeah. uncorking threes and, oh, they all happen to drop. And then, well, yeah, I just did that naturally. Debbie did throw in her two cents, the green Mountain Dew basketball, not available for purchase. She was looking it up as we watched. Thank goodness. They had a green one that was it was pretty nice. Green Spalding. <laughs> I I have to be honest. We 
took our daughters to dinner last night and did not uh, did not partake of either the NBA All Star Game or the other made for TV event, the Royal Family Interview. Mm. Blackhawks yesterday lose to Tampa Bay six three. Check of the standings: the Hawks are solidly in fourth place in the NHL Central Division. That would certainly be good enough to get them into the playoffs, as we've discussed on the show. They are playing well, but there is a notable difference when they play teams like they have the last two or three games against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's got some speed. You watch them play, and there was a power play yesterday in the third period that put Tampa Bay up 5-3. The Hawks tried to run the power play, and I think they got maybe one shot off. Tampa Bay was then in full attack mode after that. And the Hawks couldn't get the puck out of the zone because Tampa Bay is so quick. They were always able to hold it in. You could see guys getting tired on the shift, and all of a sudden, boom, light the lamp. And that was the the key goal for the Lightning, who went it by a count of 6-3 yesterday. So, yes, the Hawks are perhaps a playoff team. Are they a championship contender? No. No, they are not. Baseball notes, Notre Dame baseball had a great weekend. They won two out of three on the road at Clemson, and the new poll has come out this morning, and Link Jarrett has his team ranked in the top 25 now at number 25, so they're getting some national respect. They're 4-2 and two on the year. The panel alum, Nico Cavadas, former Sport Jack guest, uh, hit a home run on Saturday to help them to the win. The pitching, after getting shelled for 13 runs on Friday by Clemson, gave up just three runs the rest of the weekend. So great job by Chuck Rustano's pitching staff. And Notre Dame looking like it could have a a very nice baseball season again this year. Of course, they were on the on the road to a superb season last year. They were, I believe, 13 and two or 12 and three when the pandemic hit. Mm. Nobody had a chance to see them play because all their games in February and March were on the road. Notre Dame is supposed to open the uh, baseball season this year, I believe, March 19th at home against Duke. Link Jarrett has been here a year and a half. That'll be the first home game that he ever coaches at Frank X Stadium. Are there any other uh, local young men on that team? Uh, Besides Nico Cavadas, Ryan Lynch, of Penn is a freshman. I'm not sure if he has pitched yet this year. Okay. But, yeah, so those are the two local guys. on. Oh, and Brady Gumpf. Brady Gumpf is on the team from St. Joe High School, but I have not seen his name as of yet appear as well. They've got a pretty big roster this year because they, with the pandemic and everything, you're allowed a, a bigger roster than normal. So I think there's 45 guys on the team, and, of course, only 10 can play at a time. Yeah. And then it is time for a little segment that we like to call overrated, underrated. Did Cubs win their game yesterday? They lost 5-4, but Jake Arrieta did throw two shutout innings. Okay. All right. And it's spring training, so who knows what the lineup looked like. I but, glanced at it and went, okay. Yeah. It, it is it is tough for me to fully engage into the spring training games. I know it's a, a chance for fans to maybe see some of the minor league players that they haven't seen a lot of and 
and get an idea of what's in the farm system as well as seeing what guys are working on. That's why I was excited the other day when I saw Williams pitching for the Cubs because I knew he had been working on his off-speed pitches and they looked a lot sharper against the Dodgers. Obviously, yesterday, you watched the first two innings to kind of get a feel for what Arietta's throwing like. He looked very strong. That was his first spring training appearance of the year. But typically, by about the fourth or fifth inning, you can probably shut it off. Yeah. Now, if you're a baseball fan and then that you're getting your fix, by all means, watch. But. Are you? Uh, are the Cubs still cleaning house in spring training? Like, are they still looking at their big players, going, "Man, are we are we on board with this guy?" Uh, I think you do to an extent. Okay. Um, but let's face it, they're not cutting. No matter how well or poorly Rizzo or Baez or any. They're not cutting them right. based on what happens in spring training. Okay, It's more for the guys, uh, maybe a battle for the backup catcher spot, although that seems pretty well settled with Austin Romine. The bullpen pitchers, they're definitely taking a look at them, a more critical eye because you're only going to keep a certain number and you better be in the top 12 if you want to make the trip back to Chicago from spring training. Is that how many are on the roster in uh, Chicago? Typically, it's either 12 or 13, depending on whether David Ross wants an extra position player or an extra pitcher. Okay. Overrated, underrated. And I started with something that we've already mentioned here on the show, the royal family. (laughs) Overrated. Man, are they getting some airtime today. I don't know if any of you watch any of the network morning news shows. Uh, We have to. They're on in the studio because my partner here got burned um, (laughs) on 9-11 and wants to make sure that that never happens again. So we have both the Today Show and the CBS Morning News Show on in our studio. The sound is off, but you can see the pictures. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Oprah, you may have heard of her. She did this interview with uh, Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan, last night. Uh, two-hour interview. I'm not sure what Harry and Meghan have to talk about for two hours, but they filled the time. And then Oprah is also responsible for Gail King being one of the three main anchors on the CBS Morning News. By the way, here's a little trivia challenge for you. Can you name the other two anchors on the CBS Morning News? I didn't think so. Anyway. I can because we watch them every week. It's Tony and Tony. But, Tony and Tony. Yeah. Uh, he prefers Anthony. Yeah. Um, I'll even throw in a Vladimir. So you've got Gail, who's you know basically on there because of Oprah. And so you know that you're going to get more Oprah this morning, mm-hmm. especially since Oprah was on last night. How much time do you think they spent on the royal family this morning? Well, coming out of the gate, I remember you saying something slightly snarky at 12 minutes in. Mm-hmm. But then I lost count as the morning unfolded of like, man, this is just on for... I didn't keep a stopwatch on it, but I can tell you this. Once they went past the 60-second mark, they had gone past my interest. <laughs> the royal family is very polarizing, I think. There's some that just don't care, and then there's some who we work with I know that. Who are fascinated by this. I And I get that. And I'm like, what? What? what is it? I don't even want to ask what the fascination is because I don't want to hear about it. See, I thought we came here because we wanted to get away 
from the royal family. Yeah. And instead, we make musicals involving the royal family, and then we watch specials about the royal family. Yeah. I'm sorry. They're overrated. Very overrated. They have no influence whatsoever on what we do. Tell your story walking. Overrated. (laughs) Now, here's the usual combo that you hear on most podcasts. The royal family followed by the black-eyed peas. For some reason, I feel like we did this already. I want to look at the intern's notes, but I will say what I hope I said previously overrated i agree they don't have the library they don't have the um i think they were flash in the pan i think they were the flavor of the month they have churned out some more recent albums and those albums have had had? (laughs) and those albums have had hideous reviews yeah just hideous i just don't think there's anything there Mm -mm. i my wife and i stayed in a hotel that they stayed in one weekend, and it was a it was a oh I'm sure it was a full blown people, man. It was, and they had those uh, those two guys opening for them that were hot at the time. Uh, 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 Outcast, uh, party like a rock star. Uh, I'm crazy because I know it or whatever. One guy had the huge afro. Yeah, it's flash in the pan music that just doesn't make a mark at all. I'm sexy and I know it. That song, whoever oh, those okay. guys were. But I remember, I mean, literally, elevators were being held. It's like, hey, here come the peas. Here come the peas. <laughs> I I know it's a southern delicacy, big on New Year's Day. Highly overrated. Uh, and, yeah, highly overrated for the Black Eyed Peas. Did you have anybody that you wanted to bring to the table today for the OU segment, as I abbreviated? <laughs> I've, got, I've got nothing for you. I apologize. How many times do we hear that? Anyway. It was a busy weekend. For as you. you. As, as you know. <laughs> so you are in pregame four, um, Riley and Valpo. Riley, Valpo, and Elkhart, Elkhart Gary West. Gary West. And those are on Saturday, back yes. to back. Yes. All right. One wonders what you do in between games. Do you have a sandwich? Do you have there's, a cold drink? I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of time. They clear the gym. They bring the new teams in. And they have some warm-up time. I would say we'll, we're just cranking stuff. We'll do the student-athlete interviews. We do the coaches' interviews. There's not a whole lot of time in between games. Okay. All right. So I know what you'll be doing your homework on this week. Yes. With your loud typing. You have a problem with the No, I love how you type. I do it? I love how you punish that keyboard. Oh, yeah. As if it's talking back to you. And you're just like, we're not... We're not here to mess around. We're here to get the job done, and we shall. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. You're on Twitter, Chuck. Is that right? Yes, I am at 46 Sports. Me too. My name is Corey, and of course, Sports Yak with two Ks. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga-looga, Quinn Snyder, and your nice hair. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.